0: The Gospel this morning is from St. Matthew. It is chapter 5. Jen asked me to keep it short today, and in honor of that, I'm going to read the entire section. Actually, it's the Beatitudes, but uh, specifically, yes, uh, verse 8. It's called the Sermon of the Mount. You've probably heard this before. It writes, as Matthew records, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Jesus spoke these beatitudes. And he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. It's often that I am asked about a particular scripture, and in this case, I was asked uh, about Matthew 5, 8, and it was, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That is all I was supposed to read. And so in our meeting uh, I ask, well, what does this Scripture mean to you? And sometimes, like today, the Scripture reminds the person of their beloved. And you got that right on, by the way. Okay? The Gospel selected today is from the Sermon on the Mount. And this section of Jesus' teaching is called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are a form of opening statements of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as recorded in the Gospel according to Matthew. And as is custom, when Jesus is offering us gifts, he's offering us gifts with these words. That's just his nature. Everything he gives is a good gift. And there are nine statements of blessing However, the difficulty in this scripture and in, in much of scripture comes as we try to figure out just who receives these blessings. Is In this world, we are subject to laws, are we not? I mean, you drove over here. We're subject to laws governing our behavior and what we can and cannot do. For example, this is not in scripture, but Blessed is he who does not violate the speed limit, for he will not get a speeding ticket. Blessed is he who pays his taxes on time and in full, for he shall not be audited. Maybe, maybe not. The point is, it's very easy to turn these blessings and any other teaching of Jesus into laws. And if you remember some of the Beatitudes, I have to admit that I have to work at being poor in spirit so that I can have the blessing of Jesus. I have to work at mourning. I have to work at being meek I have to work at hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You get the idea. Those weren't laws. Those weren't things to strive for. Those weren't things that I had to work on. And it's very easy for our sinful hearts to convert these blessings of Jesus into a bunch of laws, a to-do list, things we have to do, in order to earn favor with God. And the Bible is clear about how well we keep the law. Among other things, it says in Isaiah 64, 6, that we all have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Did, did you hear that? The, the, the filthy garment, polluted garment, it's worse than a old-style cloth diaper that's full. That's how our works look to God. The deeds that we might think are righteous are like a polluted garment in God's eyes. That means that when we have one of those rare golden days, I'm speaking of myself right here. Maybe you can relate. But I might have a rare golden day where everything just turns out nice. I was so kind and so holy and so pastoral. And boy, you know, darn near break my elbow, patting myself on the back. That's like a filthy rag in God's eyes. In God's eyes, we've produced a pile of sinful pollution. And if that's so, on our best days, when arguably everybody would say, yeah, that, you know, you're nice. If that's how it is on our best days, imagine what it's like for God and watching us when we call to him and say, I really messed up. God's word is very clear. That we are absolutely pathetic at doing things in order to earn blessings from God. It's just simply not possible. If we had to do things in order to receive these blessings, then these blessings would be forever out of our reach. These blessings wouldn't be for us. We would be cursed instead. And DeForest knew this. God does not deal us deal with us in this way. God is the one who does everything for salvation. God is the one who works in us through us to bring us these blessings. And De Forest knew this. God sends the Holy Spirit to teach us that we are spiritually impoverished, that we have nothing that God needs. In fact, our sin has put us deeply in debt, so debt, deep in debt that we could not pay the debt in a thousand lifetimes, much less in the only lifetime that we have. This is what it means to be poor in spirit, that we realize who we are in comparison to the holy God. And nevertheless, Jesus taught Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is for sinners. The kingdom of heaven is for sinners. And DeForest knew that. And even as Jesus said at another time in Mark 2.17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I came Not to call the righteous, but the sinners. The whole point of Jesus' mission to earth was to bless the poor in spirit by saving them from their own sin. Jesus saved the poor in spirit by becoming poor in spirit himself. He took the entire debt of sin, all sin, onto himself, and he carried it all away. And in that poverty of sin, Jesus went to the cross where he paid off the sin of debt that we owed. He paid for it. Chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. DeForest knows this now right now to be pure in heart is to be one who does not worship false gods your dad didn't do that a pure heart is a single heart a heart that seeks after god a heart that has been transformed by the holy spirit from a hardened self-sufficient opposed to god heart DeForest forest had such a heart now, in the last of the Beatitudes, we read that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I remember reading that, and even sometimes now, it's like, why would I want to sign up for that? It'd be a lot easier just not to even be noticed. But persecuted because I proclaim Christ as king, as savior, See, the world hates those who are poor in spirit. The world wants us to think that we are better off than we really are. are. The world wants us to believe that we can improve ourselves. The world around us is insulted, even offended, when we realize that only the poor in spirit, only those who confess that they are sinful and unclean, can have the kingdom of heaven. Somebody might be insulted already right now. When the world persecutes us because we are poor in spirit, it is a sign that the Holy Spirit is keeping us faithful to God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The last beatitude is different from all the others. Here, Jesus teaches us that the persecution of those who are poor in spirit is a fact. There is no might, there is no maybe or if in this beatitude. There is a when. And persecution is an absolute certainty for the poor in spirit. The church is the church only as she reflects the suffering of Jesus. Now the great blessing of this persecution is that it is a sign that we already possess a place in heaven. And Jesus did not say, your reward will be great in heaven. Instead, Jesus said, your reward is great great in heaven and the first and the last beatitude are both in the present tense they say blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven do you know your dad would meet people on the street getting into his car or at home depot and invite him to come to church and they came Your dad, nobody persecuted him in those parking lots or anything like that, but your dad was a bold witness for Christ. The world would have us believe that heaven is way out there somewhere, that it is beyond the blue of our sky, and that the message of the Beatitudes, in fact, the message of the entire Bible is that God is with us now. Heaven is ours now. My favorite part of all of my sermons is when I say, in conclusion. In conclusion, as a pastor, I've been asked this: why does God send people to hell? Maybe you've wondered this. Well, here's, here's the truth: God does not send people to hell, God is a gentleman. DeForest was a gentleman. He didn't force his religion on his family either, right? He didn't force it. God is a gentleman, and he won't violate anyone's will and make them go to heaven. God does not want anyone to go to hell. However, people will go to hell because they didn't want God. It's kind of like this. We are all on a sinking ship. We all will die one day. And the Bible is clear that nobody comes to the Father except by me. That is what Jesus said. The truth is we are all doomed None of us can tread water for eternity. So now, since we know we are on a sinking ship, God provides a lifeboat. We are invited to get off the sinking ship and onto the lifeboat, the life-giving boat. It's that simple. You could ask the question, why would anyone choose to go down with the ship? Is it because they don't believe in lifeboats? Or maybe they don't like that lifeboat. In Matthew 28, 20, he says, Behold, I am with you always. This is Jesus to the end of the age. Jesus also said in Matthew 18, 20, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. These promises and others teach us that God is with us and therefore heaven is with us. He is with us right now. And on this day, we remember DeForest, a man who was poor in spirit, pure in heart, and a child of God. And he would want me to offer to any here today the opportunity to become a child of God, to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to walk blameless because of what Christ did for all, for whosoever should believe. So you could see me after the service, and you could be baptized at that font today. I think DeForest would be pleased. May the blessings of the poor in spirit be yours now and forevermore